To be a disciple, you were probably taught you need to read your Bible. You need to learn theology. You need to learn how to think about God. You should be in community, right? You should be learn how to live in community with others. You need to live on mission. These are like things that you're taught in church a lot of times. I don't think the church has, I think the Western church has done a, um, I would just say a disjustice to uh, discipling us as humans. Jesus was fully human, fully God, discipling us in our emotional life. I don't think the church has really thought well about discipling us in our emotional life. How do we be with our emotions, engage our emotions as Christians and how do we figure out why is it hard for us to feel? Um, and this is a byproduct of our Western culture at large. Our Western culture at large is um, feeling phobic, uh, feeling illiterate. We do not know how to uh, be one with our emotions, sit with our emotions, and engage them. Uh, and um, I love uh, often what, we, we don't want to feel weak, right? We don't want to present ourselves weak. I love what Brene Brown says who um, <laughs> talks about vulnerability a lot. And she says that vulnerability is a superpower, not a weakness. Um, and uh, yes, and um, you know, a kid that can ask for help, that's not a weakness, that is a strength, right? Um, these things of vulnerability. Uh, rooted in something from our past often is buried uh, pain or, uh, and, and we're kind of like those cavemen where it's like, ooh, fire, touch the fire, pain, don't touch fire. And we kind of do that with our emotional life in just more sophisticated ways. Um, ooh, pain, don't, don't feel pain. Do something to numb it, run away, or not be with it. Uh, so I want to talk about uh, uh, this, this emotional health, this sense of emotional health. And I want to say a couple of things, disclaimers, before we get into it. Um, that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So one of, the, one of the worst things you can do is kind of hear this message and I say this from experience, um, is to go out and try to figure out how to do this right. Like there's a little bit of that energy that can get in the way of this when we, um, we're still achieving, accomplishing, analyzing, and, and there's a tension there of trying to like, of course, we want to grow as Christians. But from my experience and countless others, there's no shortcuts to emotional health. Uh, there, there's not, um, uh, it's wise to be aware of our overambitious attempts to change everything at once, uh, to, see our immature, uh, to see our immaturity go away. Uh, and um, often in Christian life, sometimes you do, tra- you're transformed supernaturally, right? There may be areas where just by God's grace, we, we see transformation. Um, but this is an area where uh, Jesus is like, I'm here to help you, but you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting, <laughs> You're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting in this area. Uh, so I just want to kind of um, also disclaim that, like, I love talking about this and thinking about it. I'm still a novice in learning and growing. I am a pastor, not a therapist. And so I have to stay in my lane as a pastor, not a therapist. So I am talking a lot about counseling, emotional health, but I am primarily a pastor. Uh, I just want to just make that clear. Um, even though I'm going to be talking about some things, that's my job. So I, I want to... I want to acknowledge that. With that in mind, since I'm a pastor, let's talk about Jesus's emotional life. Uh, Look through Jesus's emotional life, and we see that Jesus felt an array of emotions. Um, If you look at Luke 10, Luke 10 verses uh, 21, it says that 
In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you have hidden these things from the wise, understanding, and revealed them to the little children. Uh, and so he's, he's here. We see him. He's, he's rejoicing before God that God is revealing things to them. So he's experiencing joy as a, hu- a human. Uh, Luke 12, uh, verse 49. Luke 12, verse 49. It says, I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it would be already be kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Um, so he, he's here experiencing distress, a uh, sense of, of, of stress and emotional toil, um, a sense of, 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 of pressure, of seeing God's kingdom come to fruition, to accomplishing maybe his purpose of why he came. Uh, John 2.13. Uh, John 2.13, this is the context of where Jesus is, uh, goes to a wedding, uh, and his mother asks him to turn water into wine. And in, and in two, uh, 2.13, it begins, he begins to then move from that to cleanse the temple of all of its injustice. It says that the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus was up at Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And he makes a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins and the money changers, overturned the tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. And so uh, he, he here expresses just anger, uh, you know, righteous anger. Don't turn my father's house into a market, right? The sense of, of anger. God God has emotions. Jesus had emotions. Jesus was fully human, fully God. Um, and in both, he expressed emotions in, in both of those areas. Uh, and, uh, you know, this was a great story, right? Like, how many of us probably, I don't know, I, I grew up in the 80s. We had flannel board when I was a kid where you had, like, flannel Jesus, make, make room and tell the story. Um, this is not one of those stories in flannel Jesus. Like, look at Jesus, angry with a whip, with angry eyes. I'm going to come and, like, destroy this house, right? Like, that's not um, uh, often, like, like, we see in these children's stories. We, we, we bypass these realities um, that Jesus got really angry at times. Um, now, you know, it's not going to be flannel board. Kids are going to have the iPad, and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, remember when we learned on the iPad? It's going to be, like, so archaic when they're old, and um, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna be like, gosh, that was weird. You know, um, but here we see uh, uh, we, we we don't like to think of Jesus as angry. We like to think of Jesus holding a child on his lap in this hand, and maybe a lamb on his shoulder on this one. And you know, we think of him as just, or maybe we think of Jesus as very stoic and very calm, and talks like Spock and very. I don't get affected by anything, Jesus, right? Uh, so we all kind of have these like versions of Jesus that we imagine, um, but we see Jesus had a full array of human emotions. John 11, Jesus saw Mary weeping. He was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled, torn on the inside, wept, broke down in a flood of tears, and, and it said that people saw how much they loved his friend, Lazarus, who died. And so um, made a list of emotions that Jesus felt uh, all throughout the New Testament. Compassion anger, indignant, troubled, greatly distressed, very sorrowful, depressed, deeply moved, grieved, sighed, wept, sobbed, groaned, in agony, surprised, amazed, full of joy, greatly distressed, desired, and loved. 
Jesus was an emotional human being, and we are made in, his, in God's image as emotional beings as well. But the challenge is, is we have a challenge with feeling and, and, and very elements of why it's difficult for us to feel. Um, some of those elements are cultural elements. Um, for many of us, culture has told men, for example, that it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to be sad. It's not, it's not a normal for a man to be sad, but it's, it's normal for you to be angry. For women, often society tells you, you can be sad, but it's not okay for you to be angry. Oh, you express anger. Oh, wow, in the workplace? Whoa, you must be. So we have cultural uh, ramifications for, for, for why we hide our emotional life or not be in tune with our emotional life. Um, our family upbringing um, is another um, some of you, like we saw this list of emotions of Jesus, um, some of you were told is an emotion, you know, when you felt that emotion, that you need to stop. You need to stop feeling what you're feeling. You need to um, tell your emotions to take a hike. Uh, you, 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 uh, you need to um, pull up your britches, <laughs> like these little phrases that you may have heard. Um, you know, I don't know, you're some kind of things that you maybe were told as a, as a child that feeling that meant that you couldn't stay connected with your parent. And so you needed to figure out a way to cope with that feeling in a way that appeased your parent rather than being in tune with you. Um, and, and on the flip side, maybe some of you have, were taught some of those positive things that Jesus felt. When you felt those, maybe your parents made you not feel those. Like, especially if you grew up in church, maybe you did something and you felt proud. And your parents were like, whoa, 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 don't get so big-headed over here. Pride comes before the fall. Right, like they didn't want, you know, and, and you're like, oh, like I'm doing something wrong because I'm feeling proud of an accomplishment. Uh, maybe, maybe your house um, was afraid to feel joy and happiness because uh, uh, of something going on. Uh, so we have these family environments. Then we have just church culture on top of that if you're a Christian. Uh, church culture that, I mean, I'm not going to lie, even right now, I'm, I, I, as a pastor, try to keep up with other conversations. And I hear so many pastors and my peers, it grieves my heart, that knock um, counseling or emotional health or self-care. They're afraid of it, uh, often because uh, their ego is being attacked or threatened. Their ministry is being threatened. They're afraid that someone is going to get their needs met outside the church instead of inside the church. Something. I don't want to psychoanalyze everyone, but I, there's something there that makes them afraid uh, and begins to knock any kind of uh, focus on on emotional health, which is sad. Uh, we 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 often um, and the, the Christian message is a victorious one, right? The kingdom of God is here. Jesus is alive. We are church's family. God loves you. Jesus rose from the dead. Up, 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 up. Which we, all those things true. Absolutely true. Does that change the fact that you have a, Jesus also said, in this world you will have trouble? No, that is also absolutely true. Uh, and so um, there's a book in the Bible for those Christians that have a hard time with this. It's called Lamentations which means to be sad. So there's a whole book dedicating to being sad, okay? Like, that's a pretty big deal, like, when you have that in the scriptures. Um, and so uh, we have church environment going against us. And then I would say internally, we have this internal belief that the fearful, sad, and angry parts of us, those um, I wouldn't, you know, these shouldn't be called bad emotions or negative emotions. They're just emotions that we feel uncomfortable with. That's probably a better phrase with it. Uh, that, that, that we begin to uh, associate with being um, 
that those are bad emotions. So we feel bad or guilt. We feel guilt, anxiety, or shame when we experience these emotions. So whenever we feel anxious, we might feel, oh gosh, like I feel guilt. I feel, I feel shame that I'm anxious right now. Um, if we feel um, fearful, right? Oh, perfect love cast out fear. I was taught that Bible verse as a kid. Um, Jesus, so it's something we have to wrestle with. Like when Jesus says, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, that Jesus, all throughout the Bible, all of scripture talks a lot about do not fear, right? So we teach like fear is bad. That's not what Jesus, the scriptures are doing. They're saying that when you are in the human experience, feeling fearful, you have a God with you in the fear. You have a God that connects with you in the fear. You do not have a, the God's not saying, whoa, fear, bad, get it out. That's not what God's doing. He's saying, while you are in this human experience, which all of you are going to experience, I am with you. Therefore, you don't have to be afraid of your fear. Um, so we have these internal beliefs that we create about these emotions. We think that they, 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 they cause us to feel guilt, shame, or anxiety. Is this helpful for anybody so far? Is you guys cool? Um, uh, let me give an extra. So, so with this, what do we do? One, one, one example is we just take the, 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 the emotion fear. Um, let's say that uh, this room is your collective conscious. Every little person's built is your brain, like little pieces of your brain, okay? And let's say there is a massive lion that walks down the aisle right here, okay? And then I am going to be your fear. And fear is going to say, whoa, 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 you need to do, there, there's a lion, there's a lion right here, you need to do something about it. Like, you need to, you need to do something because there's a threat, there's a danger. Um, most of us would begin to pay attention uh, your brain would begin to say, the fear is saying, pay attention to me, I'm important, I'm trying to save you. Uh, and, um, and I use that example because that's one we can understand. Now, in reality in life, often, whatever comes down the room is something that we associate with something that's a threat, but it's not really a major threat to kill us. It reminds us of a pain in the past. Um, so fear goes, hey, 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 that difficulty, that future situation, it's right there. Like, that, that void in your life is right there. Um, you, we got to do something about that. And so then you began to, um, you, you know, and you, you see that for a minute, and you don't like that, that, that. You try to stop that fear. You're like, okay, fear, quiet down, quiet down. It's okay. It's not a big deal. And if you do that, fear goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You are not listening to me. I'm going to get louder. <laughs> You're not paying attention. Like, I'm trying to tell you there's a real threat over here. And then, no, 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 just, just, let's just, um, let's turn on some Netflix. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, there's this game I like that makes me feel really successful because I'm like crushing the points on this video game. Um, you know, let's do something else, right? Let's, um, let's get a drink. Let's get a drink, fear. Um, and so, no, fear's like, no, 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 I'm not going away. I'm not going away. Like, I'm here. So what happens is, 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 is instead, now what can help us in this analogy is um, to help us deal with fear is see that the fear is, there's good in the fear. The fear is trying to bridge you feeling unsafe to a place of courage and a place of safety in the future. And fear is the arc between the two. But we often don't want to befriend fear. We want to get rid of fear. Fear is like, no, you should actually like engage with me. Um, see that I'm here to help you. I've helped you a lot in life. Fear says, I've, I've done a lot for you over the years. When you were five, when you were 13, when your parents got divorced, I was here. I was, I was, I was doing a lot to help protect you because you couldn't handle it. And so 
um, the, the alternative, now if, now if you saw someone that you knew that was afraid, every single one of you know exactly what to do with that person. You might give them a hug. You might say, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. Um, you would listen. You wouldn't tra- we know that like, trying to fix and give advice isn't that helpful. We've learned that by now. Um, but instead, with a, with, if we, if we, we have the tools within us to engage our fear. Um, and so we can see that we know how to give it to others. Then we can practice that towards ourselves. That we can give ourselves the self-compassion, give ourselves the self-love and be like, yeah, fear, thank you for doing so much work for me. Thank you for protecting me all these years. I see you. I see you trying to, let me just give you a, let me give myself a hug right now. You see the difference? Now, the, the, that perspective helps us see the, the humanity of what I think, even though the New Testament and Jesus didn't have that kind of language, um, we really see in Jesus, I'm going to show you that Jesus really did practice this. Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to get into that in a minute. But Jesus really did practice this. So translation, I want you to know that God radically accepts all of you and all of your emotions. All of you. And these emotions are data. Um, Next slide. Um, You can go one more. The what and why of emotions. Here's a list of seven emotions um, that are basic. Anger, excitement, sadness, disgust, joy, fear, and sexual excitement. Uh, these are all basic human emotions, um, and they all give us uh, what I would say are, um, uh, uh, they would, they're, they're, they're there to teach us something about ourselves. Um, they're there to uh, invite us into, into change, invite us into a deeper um, love for, for who, appreciation for our gifts in the world and who we are. Uh, they're also, you can go to the next slide, these three things if you want. They're there to teach us, or in, in they're a doorway. They're a doorway. Like I mentioned, fear, befriending fear is a doorway to figuring out what safety and courage looks like. When we avoid it, that's when it just gets louder and louder and louder and begins to take drive of our life and cause us to do things that hurt ourselves and others. Um, but when we go, you go back to those emotions. So anger, right? Anger is an emotion that allows us to know that we need to fight, that we need to fight and protect ourselves. Um, excitement is an emotion that allows us to know that we're fully alive, right? Like sadness is an emotion to allow others around us to know that we need support. These are all emotions that communicate more about who we are that are, that are in us, that are good, um, is kind of what I want to get at. Um, that, that instead of seeing these things as something to avoid, there is something to engage. Uh, okay, you can go back two slides forward. Um, or yeah, Jesus' name is Phil. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so what do we do often? Instead of being with these emotions, befriending them, we do what? We fake it. Oh man, just put on another Hillsong song and just worship God, right? Go for a run. Oh, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to, or we numb out, won't feel them. We push them down, drugs, alcohol, technology. And um, what I've heard many people in this field say is that if you numb the negative emotions, you often numb the positive emotions, that if you numb the negative emotions, it's, you're also going to numb the feeling of the positive emotions. I find that to be true in my life. Um, and then thirdly, we just distract ourselves, right? Education, career, hobby, social media, entertainment, whatever it is. Um, there's one common feature, though. It's that we, we don't know how to deal with trauma. 
We don't know how to, we, we, or we get very rigid with ourselves, which is toxic. We get rigid with the fact that we're feeling these things and we feel guilt, anxiety, and shame. And um, like, like how many of you just have judged yourself for feeling a messy emotion before, right? All of us. And we, we, we see that God, Jesus comes on the scene. Like he, he, looks at, he looks at people in the middle of their distress. Like he comes and he, he engages them with full acceptance, full acceptance. And, and, and instead of seeing this, 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 we see a radical acceptance from God, a radical acceptance from God of these, these emotions that, that we want to push away and radical acceptance that they're a part of us, that they're not just going away that they're not something to overcome. They're not something to conquer. They're a part of us that are sending us signals to teach us, to invite us, to be a doorway into transformation. And so God's calling us to, to engage them. So um, uh, let, let, let's dive into just a little bit more of this passage. Jesus is about to die on the cross. Garden of Gethsemane, right? He goes to be alone. He goes to be alone. And it says that Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane and said, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he began, became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Um, so that's the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus names his feelings accurately. He names his feelings accurately. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Um, he's able to articulate and really be in tune with them. While he found his friends asleep, right, um, he's, he's praying on the floor. Now, notice Jesus doesn't say, it really doesn't matter if I live or die, you know, very Spock-like. He doesn't go pop on, like, you know what, I'm about to die on the cross. I'm going to go put on Hillsong and just get pumped up for this event. <laughs> like, he doesn't, he doesn't begin to, um, let's, he doesn't do the other thing of like, you know what, guys, disciples, like, this is going to be pretty hard. Let's just go one more night out. Let's go get a glass of wine. Let's get drunk. Let's go get crunk. Let's get, like, he doesn't, he's not, like, doing all these things. He, he goes to the place of pain and he sits in it. He goes right to the heart of those emotions and stares them in the face. Why? Because Jesus was emotionally mature. Um, one, of the, one of the books that shaped us years ago as a church is uh, Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And he says, it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Right? That you can be a charismatic leader who leads thousands to Christ and still be trying to prove yourself with a deep, deep, deep ache that you feel like you're a failure. You can pray for deliverance for the demonic realm when in reality you are simply avoiding conflict and repeating unhealthy patterns of behaviors traced back to the home in which you grew up in. You can fast and pray half a day, uh, do spiritual disciplines for years, and constantly still be critical of others, justifying it as discernment just discerning. You can function as a church leader, uh, pastor, teacher, and still remain insecure and defensive and reactive. Um, you can be a dynamic, gifted speaker for God in public, but unloving to your spouse and very unpresent to your kids at home. We can see here that like the church has just failed us in terms of what it means to be a mature disciple of Jesus. And this is true. We don't teach people how to navigate, name our pain, to accurately name what we're in and just give space to heal. And, and what these, and, and, and what I found is that these, 
these parts of us that are feeling these things, they're just trying to get redemption from the trauma of the past. They're trying to find redemption from the pain that happened. And the thing that often is going to give us that redemption is connection, or connection with self and connection with others, connection with others. Um, when we begin to really connect with others and be a community that can co-create wisdom for each other, that we can make space for each other to share their, their emotions and begin to co-listen with each other, to be able to co-carry burdens together. Um, when we can live in that kind of community, these, these, um, this, these, these things from our past can begin to experience healing. That's why so many people seek out therapy. It's just like, I'm tired of having this battle alone. I want someone to talk to. I want someone to connect with in this area so I can experience healing. And the beauty of the church is, is God saying, there is a family here to re, re parent us, to re-give um, us wisdom, to, to give us new compassion for each other, new creativity and courage, and, 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 and begin to really experience the calmness and gentleness of God's love. Um, and so Jesus here uh, uh, names his, his emotions. Um, and when we, we uh, there's another uh, psychologist named Susan David. This kind of sounds harsh, but I think it's, I, thought, I find it helpful. Um, she said that she's counseled hundreds of people and she'll, the, 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 the person coming in for counseling will be like, I just don't want to feel these feelings anymore. I don't want to feel disappointed. I just want this feeling to go, go away. And in the, her talk, and I don't know, I'm sure she says it much more compassionately in the session, but she says, I understand that, but you have dead people's goals. Because <laughs> it's only dead people who don't feel fearful. It's only dead people who don't feel anxious. It's only dead people who don't feel afraid. Only dead people who never want to go unwanted or inconvenienced by their feelings. It's only dead people who never get their hearts broken. It's tough emotions to part. Uh, it's a part of our contract with life. That you don't get to, to um, you know, you, 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 this, this, this comfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Uh, that that um, Richard Rohr says that if we don't transform our pain, we'll transmit our pain will transmit our pain. It'll go outwards. So Jesus engages with her pain. And um, I'll just go ahead and say this. Something I've been learning is for a while, I, I would just name my pain and then I'd go, okay, I named my pain. Check, did it. But Jesus says that he, at the very end of this passage, go to the last uh, part of that passage. Um, one more slide. It should be 41 through 46. Do you see that on there? I didn't put it up there. Uh, it may not be up there, but in the, there it is. Um, it says that he uh, went back a second time and prayed, if this cup may not uh, take it from me, your will be done. And it, and it says he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same things again. So what, I, what I'm saying here is Jesus learned how to befriend these emotions so that he could move through them. He didn't just like, I named them. Okay, did that thing. Like, He's not trying to succeed at anything. He's just trying to be connected. Christians so much are so focused on being right, having the right doctrine, the right path, the right practice. God's like, I don't care about right. I care about connected because I love you. I want to know you. I don't care about right. It's not right or wrong. It's connected. I just want to be connected to you. And I want you to be connected to you. And then when you're connected to you, then you can be connected with others. You can be connected with me. Because it's the real God loving the real you, not a pretend version of you. Not your, 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 your presenting self. He's like, I want to love the real you. Warts and all. 
And so Jesus here spends so much time really, really being one with himself and with God. Um, so he, he names his emotions. Uh, secondly, he, he uh, gives God his desires. He says, I just want you to take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. I love that. Jesus is completely honest before God. God can handle all of your raw. You don't have to dress up your, your phrases to God. You don't have to go, um, well, I taught, I was learning to do an X, Y, Z statement. I, I feel this when you said this. I'm going to do that with God. God, I feel this when you did this. God's just like, just say it to me raw. I'm angry at you, God. I'm, I'm, pissed that you haven't given me a spouse. I'm angry that we haven't had kids. I haven't got a job that I've been wanting for years. I've got so many things in my life that you haven't done for me, and you said you were going to do this when you did this and this and this. God is a very big God. He can take all of it. He wants you to just say exactly what you desire, exactly what you want. There was a time when a blind man was walking and said, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want me to do for you? I love that question, that God gives you so much permission, says don't dress it up with religious phrases, don't come to me polished, just tell me exactly what you want me to do for you. And God is a big God, he can handle it. And the good news is, is he's going to meet you in that. He's not going to let you just sit in that, he's going to go, let's find healing, let's find restoration. Um, so, so here we see he gives God his desires, he gives his desires um, yeah, that he doesn't want to do this. Uh, he doesn't want to do this. And when we don't give God our desires, we, um, when we don't process our desires, we begin to find unhealthy ways to soothe ourselves. Um, and, and we should be compassionate about that towards ourselves. We really, when you're struggling with an addiction, you're struggling with something, a behavior that you don't want in your life, all you're really doing is saying, I had a lot of pain and there was nobody here to help me and this was the only thing I knew to do. And so when we have that perspective on our addiction, we can see that we can experience the grace of God because God is gracious to us. He's not looking at the manifestation and being like, you did that. He's going, you just wanted connection. You wanted, you wanted pleasure. You wanted fulfillment. I'm here. I'm here to give you that. Um, and then lastly, he gives God his trust. And I'm going to close. I know I've kind of been talking long, but he says, may your will be done. Jesus, he, he, he knows his strong desires but then he knows his deepest desires. Like, he's like, I have a very strong desire to avoid this right now, but my deepest desire is to be connected with you, right? And we, 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 we give God our trust that he's going to be a shepherd that's really going to be able to guide us through these emotions, that he's not going to like remove who we are, transform us in a way that we don't want to become. He's going to say, you know what? Like God's like, I really, you know, like a strong desire... Um, I really want to experience this pleasure, but my deepest desire is just to be connected with someone. I really want to numb out. I really want to just avoid the situation. But my deepest desire is like, I wish I, there's so much pain right here that I don't like that I, is getting in the way of me feeling connected with this person. And so God's like, trust me. Trust me. Surrender. Surrender is the place that we begin to get healthy. Amen. Amen. So let me pray for us. Um, Joseph's going to come up. Um, I, I, I know this was a little, uh, uh, a lot of information, um, but I pray that there's something here that's been helpful for you. And I just want to give us some space um, to, to be still, 
to embrace our emotions, to do away with feeling like we should be feeling this or that, but again, to really accept, radically accept our emotions that we're experiencing. So that may be scary for you to see these emotions as a good part of you, um, a part that's there to help you. But I want to pray that we would not be in denial of who we are and who we, what we have. Denial is a horrible force. Denial does horrible things in society. Denial creates systemic racism in society. It creates a lot of havoc. And so, God, we don't want to be in denial right now. We want to be honest with you and honest with ourselves. So just take two minutes. to be quiet before God and name maybe one area of feeling right now. And maybe pay attention to where, how your body is feeling as you think about that, as you feel the feeling. Is your body tense? Is it showing up in your throat, your shoulders? Are you, is your body getting warm? Jesus, thank you for the ways you make us whole. We do this work not because we just want to sit in difficulty. We do this work because we live in a world that seeks to fragment us and judge us, make us feel like a failure, but you put our parts together in wholeness. Even as we think about sadness or fear or struck with anxiety, anger that is deep in our souls we do, that we just don't give connection to. Uh, we share them before you and connect. And if you would, um, take a moment to thank that emotion for helping you get through pain. You may want to, it's kind of might sound crazy, but you might want to manifest the emotion as a, something sitting beside you or someone sitting beside you, or maybe yourself. You may want to identify like a time in your life, an, an age that you were that helped you get through that pain. That, that when did that emotion start showing up?
God, may you show your children that they are deeply and wonderfully made. May this difficult emotion in us see that we we have everything it takes with God's help to give us courage, to give us hope and change, um, that we we are your children, new creations, that we have been renewed by the transforming of our mind, that we can have life to the fullness and we have the skills it takes to handle threats, handle dysfunction, handle difficulty. Um, God, we, we come before you as your children, just worshiping you now for wanting to give us life and life to the fullest. But often the way up is first down to be one with these things so that we can be resurrected from the dead, resurrected to new life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, me and uh, Suzanne and some others may be available for prayer in the back if you are feeling, you don't have to go through a lot. You may just want to name a feeling, feeling anxious, I'm feeling afraid or sad. or um, We just want to pray for you. We just want to minister to you the best way we can. Um, so we're going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to take communion to my right, your left, to remember the body and blood of Jesus that was broken for us to have fullness of life. And then we're going to sing and worship and then uh, just pray for each other. Uh, you may want to pray with someone you came with or a friend or you want to pray with us. Um, just open, open your mind and heart to God and let's let him minister to us. Amen? Amen.